Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We've got a great show in store. Happy Wednesday. I hope you're loving this Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule as much as we are here at That Sounds Fun. Before we dive into today's show, let me take a quick moment to tell you about one of our incredible partners, BetterHelp. It's no secret that I really value counseling. I think it really matters for us to prioritize our mental and emotional health. If there are things in your life that are causing you to feel stuck or that are interfering with your health and happiness, BetterHelp is here for you. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist who you can connect with in a convenient, safe, and private online environment. You can send your therapist a message anytime, and then you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. I love that. Plus, you can start communicating within 24 hours hours. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. It really matters to the team at BetterHelp and to me too that they facilitate great therapeutic matches. So they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. And the testimonials they post daily on their site can help you get a feel for how it all works if you have any questions. BetterHelp offers services for clients all over the world and they have licensed professional therapists that specialize in so many different disciplines. Things like depression and stress, grief, self-esteem, anxiety, family troubles, and more, which means that the right help is available for whatever it is that you're dealing with. This is not self-help, and it's not a crisis hotline. It's convenient, professional, affordable counseling, and anything you share is completely confidential. I want you to start living a healthier life today. As one of my friends, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. Join over a million people and so many of our friends here who've taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. Today's guest, you guys, I don't know. I don't even know how to start telling you about who Michael W. Smith is. I know you know who he is. He's been releasing music regularly, performing around the world to sold out crowds for the last 35 plus years. During his career, he's written and recorded over 36 number one songs. He has three Grammy Awards, 45 Dove Awards, an American Music Award, and he's in the Gospel Music Hall of Fame and has sold more than 15 million albums. Most recently, he has released a book called The Way of the Father about his own dad and about our Heavenly Father. But personally, Michael W. Smith is one of the longest running faith voices in my whole life. He's the only person whose face I have worn as a t-shirt in middle school. And the minute we sat down in the podcast studio, I started crying. So I'm just here to say that maybe today goes down to me as one of the um, Ebenezer Stone kind of podcast interviews that will matter to me forever. Because this conversation with Michael W. Smith is amazing, but also because I just won't ever forget a day like today where I got to sit with uh, someone whose work has meant so much to me for so many years. So uh, here is my conversation with the legend, Michael W. Smith. All right, Michael, welcome to That Sounds Fun. I'm Thank so you. thankful that you're here. Thanks for having me. We are at episode 500, and you're the first one I've ever cried before we started. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, congratulations on that. Well, thanks. My first question, I want to jump in. You've written a lot of books. I don't think I realized that you've done practically as many books as albums, right? Like 14, 15 books? 
Yeah, I've written books over the past. I mean, some of those are gift books, you know, yeah. a little gift book. Friends, get real. I think Friends was a real book, actually. Yeah, but, yeah, you yeah. Know, like a Healing Rain was a little gift book. But, you know, the very first book I wrote was uh, Old Enough to Know. Yeah. Which is a long time ago. Yes, I remember it. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and then It's Time to Be Bold. I was really excited about that one. And, yeah, just over the years, I just felt, you know, I guess kind of get this urge going, you know, I, I was always intimidated a little bit by Amy when I worked with Amy so much because she was so articulate from stage. And yeah. I just bumbled around with like, hey, <laughs> rock and roll, it's good to be here. You know, I didn't know what to say. And so I learned a lot from her. But, that, but, but I woke up one day and realized, you know what, I actually really do have something to say. Yeah. So I started to pick up the pen and start to write and found out that, hey, maybe I can do this. And I obviously had a lot of help. Uh, Robert was a huge part of helping me pull this book about yeah. my dad together. You yeah. know, and I've wanted, to write, I've wanted to write this book for a long, long time. So I'm very excited. I mean, about your it. dad, from reading the book, your dad sounds incredible. He's pretty amazing. Yeah. And he passed away in November of 15. 15, yeah. So why now? Why was this the right year? Why is 21 the right year versus the year after or in another five years to write this book? I think that there's a grieving process, you know, uh-huh. you're never ready to say goodbye to your dad or your yeah, mom, you know, yeah. so, um, and we kind of saw it coming, but, you know, I just, it just wasn't the right timing. And I had a lot going on too, yeah. you know, I'm trying to kind of keep, keep everything together in the midst of grieving and, and, you know, then I went, gosh, cause I went like six months and didn't write much at all, you know, kind of scared me just a little bit, but that happens every year. You yeah. Know, you think you've lost it and got to go find another <laughs> job. And, That's right. <laughs> and uh, it always comes back. My wife, David says, you know, you say that every year. And I'm like, I know. I know. <laughs> but I think that once I kind of got through this, this, when I started writing again, I knew there was this season of writing. And then I think yeah. probably... You know, I started to really think about it in 19. Mm-hmm. That I'm thinking maybe it's time to write the book. And then, gosh, what a not not a better time to write a book during right. a pandemic. Right, you know? so, right. And I have lots of time to do it. So yeah. it was just it was just the right time. You just kind of feel it. You don't want to if it doesn't feel right, you just don't push it. You know? Yeah, right. So I have two opposing questions for you. This episode mm-hmm. is our Father's Day episode, so it's coming oh, out right awesome. at Father's Day. My dad is a grandfather for the first time this year. So it's a brand new Father's Day in our family. What is that like for you being a grandfather on Father's Day? How different is that? You know, I've really never thought about, you know, being a grandfather on Father's Day. I always just keep thinking I'm a, you know, I'm a father to my five kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, I watch, you know, my boys being dads to their kids, you know, and it's it's kind of surreal. Do all of them live here? All five of your kids? Uh, Except one. Okay, okay. And she's just right up the road three hours away. Yeah, okay. But they all have... They all have children, yeah. you know, 16 grandkids. Yeah. It's just insane. You know? That is insane. So, <laughs> Christmas um, must be fun. It is. I call it the beautiful chaos. Yeah, it it's has just, to be. You know, they leave and you go, what just happened? So like a tornado. That's right. Place. But um, I love being a dad and I love being a grandfather. Yeah. Matter of fact, I spent four hours last night on the at the baseball field watching my 11-year-old Oh, grandson wow. play a couple games for the championship and you know and it br- brings so so many memories of my dad because I spent so much time on the ball field with my dad right. and so it just feels like my second home mm-hmm. just being being just even in the stands and watching what's going on and observing and all of a sudden I have all these flashbacks of my yeah. dad and it was yeah. a, it's really been been fun few days for me do y'all go to Vanderbilt baseball games ever you know what? We have it lately, but we obviously are very interested. They're, I mean, they got a great baseball so team, good. you know. So, so um, fun to watch. I need, I need to, I need to go there. I love going. To, I love to go see the sounds play. Yeah. And, and I used to go to 
you know, see the Reds play all the time. My dad took me yeah. to Cincinnati. Just, gosh, I, I, I can't even tell you how many times he took me there. Yeah. So. And so my other thought is for this Father's Day, it's some people's first time as a dad, first time as a grandfather, or their first time without their dad. Yeah. So what's some hope you have or some wisdom you have for the people who are who lost their dad during the pandemic and lost, or lost their dad sometime in the last year, and they just think, man, I don't know how to do today. Yeah. I think it's okay to be sad. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a, it's the new norm and it's just life. Yeah. You know, right. we're all, we're all going to, we're all going to leave the here one at some point, you know, yeah. uh, unless the Lord comes back, you know, so, but you know, you just go, you try to recollect maybe all the really good times you had with your dad and don't mm. forget that, you know, mm. just be thankful you had him for that long, you yeah. know, I mean, and Try to remember all the things that he did for you. And, and then you, you always have to address the people where, you know, people didn't have a good dad. Yeah. And that's a—I'm um, not going to pretend to know people's pain. That's a, that's a tough one. I know God can father you. Yeah. I have a lot of friends that didn't have a good upbringing. You know, my pastor, Don Finto, had a horrific childhood who's one of the most godliest men I've ever known. Yeah. My mom, I talk about my mom in the book. She was eight years old. Oh, yeah. Her young, mom just her, left. Just left three or siblings, get out of the car, walk home, never came back. I've never heard a story like that outside yeah. of TV. When I read that in the book, I thought, and, and that had to be in the, what, the 40s or yeah. something? And she yeah. just walked away from her children. Just walked away. And never came back. Never came back. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I met her for one time. What? And, and so did my mom. My mom, uh, it was my Aunt Pat's funeral. She died of cancer. And so we all went to the funeral and I was a little upset, honestly. I was 20 years old. And so I was like, I wanted to give her a piece of my mind, but I didn't, uh-huh. you know, because I, I just wanted to go, do you know what you did to my mom? But I didn't. And, and But to watch my mom be gracious to her mother. Yeah. Because my mom forgave her. Wow. Yeah. And so the power of forgiveness. Were y'all surprised when she came to the funeral? I was a little bit. I think she had had a connection to my Aunt D a little bit more than any of the other mm-hmm, siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still raw, you know, it's just yeah, like, yeah. Gosh. But my mom, you would never, I mean, my mom just chose a different path. I remember yeah. we talked about it one day and she just said, I remember her telling me going, if I ever have a family one day, which I'm going to because I'm going to marry my high school sweetheart, which was my dad, <laughs> yeah. that that's never going to happen to my kids. Yeah. That is why Mimi is what they call her, yeah, right? Mimi, yeah. And you're, it sounds like your kids just adore her. They love her. Yeah. They love her. She's and, so awesome. the, and so do the grandkids. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. Great. Getting to know your great grandparents. Yeah. That's why. Okay. So when you bring up your parents meeting in high school, when you tell the story of you and Debbie in this book, it is unbelievable. You and your wife. I mean, yeah. That y'all it, got engaged three and a half weeks into knowing each other. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And married four months later. It just, you know, and I thought that would never happen to me because I like I was so into my I got in a songwriting contract. I yeah. was actually making money writing songs yeah. instead of waiting tables. You know, where'd you wait tables here? Is the restaurant still open? Oh, some place out in Hickory Hollow Mall back <laughs> oh, in the day. Oh, in the mall! Oh my yeah. gosh! <laughs> and I worked at Coca Cola. Yeah, I, you know, I worked over there, and then I plant. I was a I landscaped. I planted oh, shrubs. I did all that stuff. But you know, anything to put food on the table. You nobody, know? nobody tells those stories, do they? They always say Michael W. Smith has. 
Grammys and Doves and da da da. And uh, you're like, I also worked landscape to try to get to do this. There was some lot of a lot of long hours. Yeah, a lot, yeah. lot of bologna sandwiches. Yeah. So and for me, the things that I did back before I was doing this are who made me this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I'm grateful for all those jobs. I'm sure you are too. Yeah. Um, Part of growing up. Yeah, that's right. That's so. right. So I'm not married yet. So the idea of three and a half weeks feels great because yeah, I'm 40. Feel, oh, so I'm like, come on. you mean? <laughs> I was like, do it again, Lord, do it again. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, um, I saw her in a, I just saw her in the record. She walked by me. And I, yeah, it's in the book. It's just like, and I just, I fell in love at first sight, which yeah. I thought was impossible. Yeah. I mean, how do you do that, you know? And I called my mom and saw in there, you know, just went crazy. And my mom said, what's her name? I don't know. I don't know her name, mom. She's my soulmate. You're going to love her. <laughs> All that stuff. And You're going to love her, and all you've done is seen her walk I know. by. My, my mom was a little concerned. And then I found her at the women's restroom. I waited outside, and she walked out. <laughs> it was at Benson Record Company in Metro, Metro yeah, Center. Yeah. And, um, and so that's when, well, three days later we went out. And then uh, three and a half weeks later, engaged. Four months later, married. And, Still married. Yeah. And that we will amazing. celebrate 40 years this September. Those of us who haven't been married 40 years. Tell us what we don't know. What's the reason to want to be married 40 years? It gets better. It does. Yeah. It gets better if Christ is the center of the yeah. deal. You yeah. know, it has to be it has to be 3, not 2. It mm. has to be 3. Mm. And and communication was is, is has been a big big component of that making it work, you mm-hmm. know. And and she's amazing. I mean, she's just she's it's just a little thing. You five foot three hundred pounds. Yeah. She's just a godly woman. She's yeah. just a she's really amazing. She just does so many things for so many people. Sometimes I go, I go, hey, remember me? Don't forget me. <laughs> <laughs> you're in three prayer groups and you're doing this and you're off to. And, but you know what? I just that's her thing and that's yeah. her gift. That's her sweet spot. You know. And then my music and doing what I do and she's so supportive of that. She's like my number one fan. She's, I could have never have done all this if it hadn't been for her. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to tell you about one of our amazing partners, Raycon, co-founded by Ray J. Raycon brings innovative earbud designs at prices that don't break the bank. Inspired by the underdogs and the big dreamers like you and me, Raycon aims to empower go-getters around the world by creating the next wave in wireless audio technology. Y'all know I've been nonstop talking about my everyday E25 Raycon earbuds for over a year now because they are that good. Of course, you know I'm bringing them on tour this summer, so I never have to miss my favorite podcasts or new albums that have dropped along the way. They hold their charge for so long, so I can always get the most out of their 24-hour battery life and portability, which makes them an absolute must-have on the tour bus. They're honestly my favorite pair of headphones because they are no dangling wires. The sound quality is amazing, and I love the insane comfortability you get with their various fit options. Plus, they're stylish and discreet and come in a wide range of colors, and who doesn't love that? Y'all know mine are rose gold. Raycon earbuds also offer seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass and more compact design and water and sweat resistant construction, which is perfect for all your summer activities. Right now, Raycon's offering 15% off all their products for That Sounds Fun listeners. Simply go to buyraycon.com slash that sounds fun to get 15% off your entire Raycon order. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash that sounds fun and save 15% off your entire order. Think Father's Day, y'all. 
Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of other premium wireless earbud brands and sound just as amazing as other top audio brands. So again, save 15% off all their products by visiting buyraycon.com slash that sounds fun. You won't regret it. And now back to my conversation with Michael W. Smith. Our friends listening love when we have different people tell us about their prayer lives. Yeah. And throughout this book, The Way of the Father, you talk about, it's almost in passing, you'll go, well, I listened and prayed about that and made that decision. Like, you never sit on it in the book. You always just kind of mention it as, yeah, of course, this is what I did. So what's your prayer life like? How do you pray? When do you pray? Is it just all the time? Yeah. Well, my prayer life is certainly not what I want it to be. Um I'm reading Andrew Murray's book, the book on prayer. I'm really trying to get through it because I watch Debbie. She's a prayer warrior, mm-hmm. you know. Matter of fact, our it, it's so fun because I want to live up to it. Our, all our kids are on like a we're on, on like a thread on uh-huh. our phones, yeah. And we're all called it's called prayer warriors. Wow. So when we all text wow. something or picture, it was called prayer warriors. I want to live up to that. Yeah. You know, you know, I want to be that man that just that that. It's on his knees praying for hours a day, and I'm not that guy, you know. Um, I want to be. I kind of pray just throughout the day. You know, I usually, the very first thing, I I go out back and just have a little quiet time out back. And, um, I mean, almost every day I just pray, Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. Mm. Uh, or, I'll, or I'll just pray Scripture. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your great compassion. Mm-hmm. Blot out my many transgressions, wash away all wow. my iniquity, and cleanse me from sin. Creating me a clean heart, O God. Cast me not away from your presence. Yeah, all, like, all those kind of things. Yeah. And, then, then just go, and, then this, and then, Lord, just clarity. clarity just show, show me how to do this. Show me. Let me be present. Everything I do. With the guy at the grocery store, this gas station, let me be present. Let me be your hands and feet, and draw me near to you. Just draw me closer. It's just simple little stuff, you know. But I'll just randomly pray in the car. Going, oh God, don't let me mess it. I keep my mind stayed on you. Mm-hmm. I got distracted. I'm distracted. Lord, let me stay focused. Let me stay focused. And I keep. And I love that. I said this in an interview. I think yesterday. Those who keep their mind stayed on Him, He'll keep them in perfect peace. I love that. So, so it's more kind of like a. I think there's a way, you know, it says pray without ceasing. Yeah. You know, I used to go, gosh, how do you do that? Right, you know? right. But I think there's a way to do it. Yeah. And I think you can do it driving your car. I think you can do it at work. Mm-hmm. You just, it's it's sort of at the forefront of your mind. You're sort of, okay, you got your, got your antennas up a That's little it. bit yeah. throughout all of your day. Yes. You know? And you can do that even with your grandkids and and eating dinner at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. You can, I think you can do that. Yeah. So, when you think about Scripture, because you're just saying scriptures like this is what I pray. How'd you find those scriptures? So many of our friends listening are kind of new to picking up their Bible or to praying. So how'd you find the right psalm? You were quoting some psalms, I yeah. think. How'd you find the right yeah. psalms to pray? You know what? Those are popular to me. Those mm-hmm. are things that I've the, the, the songs have been written. There's a song called "Creating Me a Clean Heart, O Lord My God." So I just that's automatically He's singing it. You got yeah. it. You know. Yeah. That's the beauty of writing melodies to scripture. Mm-hmm then you can memorize those. I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you, he shall complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. There's those little songs saying that that memorized from going to Belmont Church, which Mm -hmm. is right down the road forever, you know, back in the 80s and early 90s. But you know what? I'm a big Psalms guy. Uh I love the honesty of David and Uh 
you know, one time he's up and next time he's down and he just, he just expresses everything he's feeling. That's, that's, what, that's what I love about the Psalms. Yes. But there are some great, great moments in the Psalms. Yeah. And I've written a lot of songs out of there. You yeah. Know? I remember one day I, you know, I was so into the Psalms, I kept thinking, well, I want to do what David did. I want to see, maybe I can write a song. And one day I, I started doing this little classical thing, you know, mm-hmm. and I went, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, how majestic is your name and all. I went, oh, my gosh, wait a minute. It's like classical Doobie Brothers yeah. mixed together, <laughs> do, 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 you know, and it was Psalm 8-1. Yeah, and, yeah. And it was how majestic is your name, and that was one of the first cuts that I got, and Sandy Patty cut that song a long yes, time ago. Yes, yes. So, wow. yeah, just the faves, but, you know, yeah. the ones that— I mean, just go, gosh, Google. You get, we have the internet now. Just go. How do what? people say the Bible without the internet? I know. I mean, I, could, I use Google almost every day when yeah. I'm studying. Yeah. That is wild. What our friends from the AFD Week in Review email sent a bunch of questions in for you because they knew you were coming. And one of the questions from Terry was, what is your favorite book of the Bible? Would you say it's Psalms or do you have another one you love more? I think it's the Psalms. I mean, everybody probably should would want me to say it's one of the Gospels. <laughs> There's not a wrong answer we can't, here, Michael. We've we, we got to have the Gospels. We've got to have Jesus in the center. And I love Colossians, and I memorized, gosh, I used to memorize, I had almost all of Colossians memorized for a long time. Really? Uh, you know, but but Psalms, I would say Psalms, because I, I, Psalm 139, well, Colossians 1, 9 through 16 was the first thing I memorized. I got this inspired by that from walking with Don, because he, one day he quoted the whole book of Colossians to me at Radnor Lake. Really? And it's the only time we ever sat down, we walked for 38 years together. Uh-uh. Just around Radnor? We just walk all the time. Yeah. And he, one, the only time we ever sat down on the bench, he started talking to me. I kept thinking, what's he saying? Gosh, he said, hey, Michael. And then all of a sudden, I realized, oh, my gosh, he's quoting Colossians. He quoted the whole book oh by memory. Oh, my gosh. And I remember went, oh, my goodness. I have to learn how to do that. Yes. I mean, I, I have a hard time memorizing my own songs, you know, <laughs> for a concert. <laughs> but I went home that night and stayed up till 3 o'clock, and I memorized Colossians 1, 9 through 16, he is the image, the invisible God, the firstborn among all creation, all that. And then I started, and then I memorized going up Mount Lacant in, in the Smoky Mountains uh-huh. on a retreat. I memorized Psalm 139. I still have Psalm 139. I used to quote it in concert every yeah, year. Yeah. So it's just there's something about those. I mean, that 139 is powerful. I mean, yes. it is probably one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible mm-hmm. of what it says. Mm-hmm. You know, you created me, created me in my inmost being. You knit me together mm-hmm. in my mother's womb. Mm-hmm. Praise you, O God, for I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My favorite verse in there, though, is, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. And if I were to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. Yeah. Yeah. It just is, it's so hopeful, isn't it? It's hopeful. To remember, I, many years ago in my college life, I worked at a place called Athens Janitor Supply in Athens, Georgia. So literally supplying toilet paper to UVA (laughs) is what they did. And there was a guy at lunch every day. He, at the time he was in his fifties and every day he would just sit by himself and flip through note cards. And I remember asking him one day, what are you doing? He said, oh, I memorized Psalms. And I thought, Wow. He just sits and memorizes psalms every day at lunch. And I, I don't know where he is on the planet, but I think, man, it's someone like your Don and my Jerry who their habit of memorizing Scripture makes me memorize Psalm 103 yeah. and makes it live in me. Yeah. And then when we're praying, we have something to say. Yeah. When you don't know, know what else to say. And that's why, you know, because there are days that I have no words. I just go and I, I feel sort of just, 
like spent, I'm empty. I'm like, oh God. And so I'll just start praying the Psalms. Yeah. I just pray the Psalms. Yes. And I used to, gosh, I used to walk. I remember being, you know, on one of our first houses that Debbie and I bought in Westmead. I would, I vividly just remember walking the streets, just praying scripture. Mm. That's all I did. I just prayed scripture the whole way. What's the combo of walking and praying for you? I don't know what it is. There's something, maybe it was just because Don and I did that together, uh-huh. you know, memorizing scripture, going up Mount Lacant and back down. And I love to walk. I'm a big hiker, you know, uh-huh. so I love to hike. And gosh, I, I, I want to be constructive. I just want to walk. Yeah, and not yeah. do anything. Why not just walk and pray, you know? Right, right. And, and, um, Obviously, if I'm with somebody, I mean, you're obviously, you know, you're you're doing mm-hmm. life and you're mm-hmm. doing you're catching up or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of times when I hike and walk, I still just especially pray the Psalms. Yeah, man, we talk about Radnor Lake a lot around here because that place is so special. Special. I hope when we get to heaven, the Lord will like show us a graph of how many of Nashville's prayers happened at Radnor Lake. But there's a bunch. <laughs> I bet there's a bunch. I know a lot of us yeah. that go out there for that exact oh, reason. Oh, because I see people that I know from, you know, from be- early Belmont days and yeah. stuff. I mean, and people who are like godly people going, they're not just walking Radnor for the heck of Right, right, <laughs> right, right. They're listening to something that matters they're, and then praying through it. Exactly. You talk in the book a couple of times about your own season of being a prodigal son where you kind of walked away from your relationship with the Lord a little bit. And so as as it's Father's Day, and as I think there are so many of our friends listening who have a sibling that didn't walk in with the Lord, have a child or a parent that yeah. isn't walking with the Lord, what would you tell them to pray? What How do we pray for the people in our lives that we deeply love that aren't walking with the Lord right yeah. now? I just think you got to stay at it, you know. You, um, we can't judge them. We can't. We can't. We've just got to love them. Your dad seemed to do a beautiful job of that. Boy, in the book. he did. He just. He probably could have been a little bit more stricter on me. He probably could have <laughs> uh, laid the law down a little bit. And he didn't want to push me further away. Mm-hmm. And he was. He just didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And and I know I hurt him. You know that was the hard thing for me. My mom and dad were hurt because I was making bad choices. You know and. They couldn't do anything about it other than pray. And I'm, I mean, I'm sitting here talking to you because my mom and dad, honestly. Mm, I mean, mm. I think they prayed me back into the kingdom. So wow. I just think you have to stay at it. You know, we have this timetable that we think, and we, hey, we're going to pray. It's going to, you know. Here it is. Yeah. And it, and, and why doesn't it happen? Well, sometimes it takes years. But, you know, you just pray that God will, whoever that is, if that's a child, you got to love well, but you just got to stay at it and just going, God, just let let the light bulb go off. Mm-hmm. Let something happen. Maybe they're supposed to, hit, maybe they have to hit rock bottom. Yeah. There's this, you know, you hear all these crazy things happen with people who are not believers, and all of a sudden one day just something happens going, yeah. oh my gosh, what? He really is who he said he was. Yeah. So yeah. it's like a, it's like a Saul deal, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. You know, you get, you're blind and all of a sudden you wake up and, now you see, you yeah. know, so yeah, just don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on the people that you love. You just got to just stay at it and pray that, uh, pray for a miracle. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation one last time to give a shout out to one of our amazing partners, Indeed. With Indeed, you're closer than you've ever been to hiring candidates with the skills you need. You don't need stacks of resumes on your desk. Haven't all of us who hire people been there? You don't need more work. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, interview, all on Indeed. 
You get a quality short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. You only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications, and you can schedule and conduct video interviews right there in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. Who among us doesn't need some faster, easier things in our work lives? With tools like Indeed Instant Match, which gives you quality candidates whose resumes fit your job description immediately and more than 130 skills tests, that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. Y'all, according to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. It all boils down to this. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. So get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Indeed.com slash sounds fun. The offer is valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. And now back to finish this conversation with Michael W. Smith. A lot of times we'll have pastors on here men that are leaders, women that are leaders, and they're my age-ish. So they've got little kids. They've got elementary, middle. um, Some of them have high scores. What you have done in being in ministry for 40 years, and you still have a family that likes to be together most of the time. I mean, they're all humans. Y'all are all humans. But what's your advice for us with young families? I'm thinking about the pastors that are listening who are in full-time ministry and really desperately want their kids to love God for the rest of their lives. What are some tips? How do we how do we raise them up in ministry and them not dislike the church or dislike God or dislike CCM music or you know like right. how do we keep them with him? I guess yeah. we can't do that. Can we? Well, you know what? I think you got to make time to to spend time with your family. I mm. think what a lot of a lot of I'm not saying a lot. Who knows? I'm I'm not going to estimate, but I do know a lot of pastors have made the mistake they've put ministry before their family. Yeah. And they're all about ministry and they're at the church all the time. Church is growing. Church and, is yeah. growing. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden you're, maybe you're not delegating like the way mm-hmm. you should, whatever, mm-hmm. but you're just, you're, it's all there. And, yeah. and family sort of gets left behind. You know what? And, and obviously my, I mean, I feel like I'm a pastor. I don't. I, I, don't, I think you are. I, I don't, I don't have a building but I pastor people. Yes. You know, I, I'm, I'm helping people. I'm reminding people of who God is and who He said He was and, and who they are. Yes, yes. You know, I do that through my music. But, you know, I remember Deb and I talking when, you know, the whole thing with Amy and I was out and, you know, the whole thing's exploding in the 80s. And, and if you look at celebrity and look at Hollywood and people in, in the entertainment, whatever, mm-hmm. that's, you know, we can call that whatever, ministry, whatever, Yeah. that— there was a chance of us being a casualty, and we thought we're not going to be a casualty. Wow! You know, we just so we made these rules, you know. And we I take sabbaticals, mm. and I would not work for six months, oh, and wow. I would, and then I would get home. I mean, for years, I got. I mean, I walk off stage and I get on a plane, have a car take me right to the airport, and I'm landing at midnight, and I'm driving carpool at seven twenty. Wow! I did that for thirteen years. Of My life. God! Yeah. So I was I was dead tired. Yeah, but you were asleep by eight ten. Exactly. But, <laughs> but those those times in the car with my kids were yeah. amazing. Yeah. You know, and in, yeah. in many of those days I picked them up too. So there's got to be a priority that you love your wife or love your husband and your kids well, and that you make time mm-hmm. for your kids and don't have this excuse. Well, I got to the church needs me. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a healthy balance there. Yeah. A million years ago, I lived when I lived in Atlanta. I nannied for Mac and Amy Powell, 
Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, I grew up in church with them. Yeah. I've known them forever. And Mac, third day, always had a rule of like, I can't remember exactly. Maybe it was 12 days they'd be out right. and then they were home. So people who are traveling set these rules. Beth Moore, you know, she very famously was the, one of the first women in our space who said, I'm done Saturday afternoon, so I'm at my church Sunday morning. And really set a a rhythm for a lot of us to be able to say the same thing. Right. For our friends who are pastors that aren't, they're not flying from here to there, but they're there. They got Wednesday night supper. They got Sundays. They got, how do you know the right boundaries for your own family and what the right one is to draw? Do you have advice for that? Of How do you figure that out for your family? Well, everybody's different, you know, in terms of what their job is, but it doesn't change the fact that you've got, to, there's got to be some quality time. Mm-hmm. And in quantity. Yes, yes. Time with your kids mm-hmm. that doesn't center around church all the time. That's it. Yeah, I bet that's and, right. I mean, for me, when when it, the whole, when Dev and I talked about the casualty thing, we also made the role. I'd never, it was kind of like uh, Mac and Amy. I've never been gone for two, more than two weeks ever. Okay. Wow. Even if I had to cross the pond to uh-huh. London, uh-huh. I'd come back. Yes. And I'd cross back again. Yes. But never have, have I been gone more than two weeks. Wow. Okay. And yeah. you get people who be gone for months. Right. Oh, I know? mean, in this town, you you know, you won't see somebody for three months if they're on certain tours. Yeah. Because they're gone the whole time. One of my favorite lines in your book that I feel like ties to some of this is you said, there's never an isolated event with God. They're all, everything's tied together. Yeah. That is one of my favorite favorite things about God is I I don't think anything's a coincidence. I don't either. How has that played out in your life? How do you see, what made you even write that? How has that been so true for you? Well, I think I've learned that as I've gotten older Mm. and you get wise. You can look back. You can look back and you were worried about this and worried about that. And, you know, you paid attention to stuff that probably you shouldn't pay attention to. It's like, because he's in all the details, you know? And so, it's not like, oh, man, God, what do you, you know, you're in the morning and, boy, Lord, we want you to move tonight, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, you want him to move tonight. You want to see something happen. But, hey, you want to move, you want him to move in the next six hours of your day. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, because you might have an encounter with somebody. So, yeah. Lord, whoever I come in contact with, let me mm-hmm. be your hands and feet. Let me be a reflection of who you are because that person at the grocery store is just as important as the person coming to the show tonight, yeah, you know. So it's like. Yeah. You just, it's being present. I learned that from my dad, of being really? present. Yeah. yeah. He was always present. And walk into a room and go, oh, my gosh, there's my dad. Wow. And, and it wasn't like, he was not cocky at all. It was just, he was just present, and it was always about the other person. Uh-huh. So it was never about him. Yep. You know? And he had all these fun things. He would have nicknames for kids. And just the way he would initiate conversation, he was just, he was just fun. He yeah. laughed and smiled every single day of his yeah. life. Yeah. I love that chapter about presence. In in the book, The Way of the Father, each chapter kind of has a different theme about what a father is like. Right. And in the presence one, you're like, here's the presidents I've been around. Here are the huge people on the planet I've been around. And Billy Graham, all his crusades, and then you're like, but my dad. But my dad's presence yeah. meant the world. I thought that was a really great thing, a really great part. Um, you also said in that same section, you said, the invitation is also the answer. You're talking about praying and hearing God and someone inviting you. I would love for you to speak to that for a second because so many of us go, am I supposed to do this? Is this the right thing for me to do? And and a lot of times the invitation that is the answer of what you're supposed to do. So how do we, yeah. when we're thinking about opportunities in ministry or opportunities in relationship, 
how do we know when when there's a yes and a no? How do we know when the invitation is the answer? I know. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not always easy, you know, so that's why I always, uh, I used to want to save the world mm. and almost ended up Vanderbilt with a needle in my arm. Just, wow. I'm just making it, yeah. making a deal, but it just, because it's okay to say no. Yeah. And it took yeah. me years. To, and then Fento saw me going down and because, yeah, well, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that benefit. Yeah. And I thought uh-huh. I could save the world and, I, and you'll, you'll die doing Almost that. So, yeah. Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And I still pray to this day, Lord, what is it? Give me, I pray, I almost pray this every day. Give me clarity of mind. Give mm. me give me wisdom. Let me hear what you're saying. What does this day hold? What am I supposed to say yes to? What am I supposed wow. to say no to? Yeah. And I think as you walk with God and you continue to walk with him on a daily basis and year after year, you start to hear the voice of God, you know? You get this thing inside of you. Maybe it's not an audible every time, but you just have a, you just have this, mm, have this like, like, there, for example, in that book, which I don't do this very often, I was in South Africa, you uh-huh. know, and I was on stage, and and uh, I never made it over to Living Hope, which is this amazing ministry outside of Cape Town. But in the middle of the show, I saw these guys down there, and it's like, and I just had this thing, this I, I felt this nudge, mm-hmm. you know, and I looked down there, and I just pointed my finger at this one guy, yeah, you know, going, God's got a call in your life, you know. God's got a call in your life. And, you know, it was almost like prophesying a little bit. It's like, yeah. and I don't do that a lot, you know, yeah. but there was this thing. So you just, you you feel these things, and, I'm, you know, not not based everything on feeling, but you just, it's the it's the spirit. I call it the my spirit gut. Yeah. Debbie, oh, that's Debbie, great. Debbie, Deb hates it. Going, oh, I hate when you say spirit gut. What's my spirit gut? I call my, it my knower. The, you're knower. Same thing. Same thing. But I love spirit gut. Spirit, gut. spirt gut's great. And you just know, and you just feel something going, oh, you know what, hey. Hey, you, you know, and then, you know, in the book, this guy was just a mess, a troublemaker, and just was very, very difficult to to deal with. And some guy out of the audience comes and prays for him. Yeah. And then I found out a month later, this guy was radically transformed at the show. Yeah. It's that kind of stuff, you know, that you, that's these little nudges that you get, and you just, you have to act on the nudge. And if, and if you don't, you, you, you might miss an opportunity that, can change somebody's life, you know. So I just do that all the time, just going, Lord, what is it? Mm. Show me. Yeah. Show me. Show me. Am I supposed to go here? Uh-huh. Am I supposed to go there? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I mean, that has to be true when you're picking out so, – you write most of your songs or a chunk of them, but you're also I, – I wrote down, I mean, Waymaker, Surrounded. These are two songs that that when Michael W. Smith records it, it changes the lives of the people who wrote it. <laughs> I mean, it just does. It changes their lives. And so you have to feel that nudge towards certain songs at time where you go, this song, I need to record this one. I want to sing this one from stage. Yeah. Is that true? Do you, do you feel that connection with certain songs when you hear them from other songwriters? Well, yeah. And, I, and that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's happened what, Above All was one of those songs. Oh, I didn't, really? I didn't write Above All. And I love Above All. I do too. I still sing it to this day. And yeah. Yeah, they call it, you're, you're a curator. Is it what's called a curator? You know, mm. you take a song, I don't know. I've never, any of that stuff, if I'm a curator, I hold it very, very lightly. Yeah. You know? Anna, my daughter, is the one who t- told me about Waymaker. She was going through a very difficult time and raising two kids by herself. So you can kind of get the picture. And, yeah. And I remember three years ago, I walked, just walked in, and so we were talking, and she said, hey, Dad, have you heard the song called Waymaker? I said, no. She said, Dad. Yeah. It's my go-to song. Wow. I went, really? Play it for me. Yeah. And so she played it for me, and I went, whoa. Yeah. I, and then I was in the middle of getting ready to do this 
prayer night at Bridgestone. Yes, I was there. Singing over the whole deal. And I thought, we're going to do Waymaker. Yeah. And, you know, and the response to it was like, you uh, know. And then <laughs> people went bananas. Yeah, it was really a great moment. And yeah. then, and most of those people had never heard that song. Yes. You know, and yes. that song was written by, you know, a, a young lady from Nigeria. You know? So, wild. And then I did something that I usually don't do. I was then approached by the radio people, yes. you know, and going, you know, we think this is a huge song. They're probably not going to play that live version that you should consider doing a radio version. Mm. And I went, I don't know. I want to do that. I did. You know, because I, I just want the intent of my heart to be pure on it. But the more and more I thought about it, I thought, I think this song is massive. Mm-hmm. When I say massive, I'm not talking about, oh, I'm going to have a number one hit song. It's massive in terms of its reach and what this song can do for people. Yes. And little did I know that this song would peak at the beginning of a pandemic. Yes. And the response from all around the world of just going, this song has been a rock for people in the midst of a very, very difficult 15 months. Yeah. So I'm glad I did the radio version. Yeah. And, um, and then Surrounded was another one of those things. I found that Kyle Lee said, man, you got to hear this song from yeah. this, the upper room church in Dallas. Yeah. It's this thing, this, uh, this little thing called Fight My Battles. And, yeah. and uh, I heard it, and then, and then we, we recorded on the Surrounded record. Yeah. So I love when I find those things. They're, those are hard to find. Yes. You know, but there's little those special little moments that these, these something about the song mm-hmm. is spectacular on – a lot of, I hear a lot of songs that are just okay. Yeah, that's right. You know? You're like, that is such a good song. Good yeah, luck with it's it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 when a song has something on it, mm-hmm. there's something on that, there's something on it. Even the battle thing was like, gosh, it's kind of repetitious, but man, you do that thing in concert and people want to they're fighting and then yeah. it just the whole pl- whole place explodes, you yeah. know. So yeah, I, I mean I wish I could write write more of those, you know. But man, and, what a gift. I just think I can't wait till I'm at the point in my career where I can make a decision about my art that changes the lives of the people who help create it. Where I'm at the point in my career where when I touch something, everybody else wants that thing. And then you get to, I mean, I just thought, man, what, you're modeling something for me of what I want to do. Of if, if I say, listen to this podcast, people go listen. If I say, Listen to this artist, they go listen. I want right. I want that kind because you change people's lives with it. I think it's yeah, so cool. It is. That's amazing. As we uh finish up, I I mean, you know, I cried when we sat down because your music has meant so much to me. I wore your face t- on my t-shirt for most of middle school. <laughs> and so oh, I had the I probably good old, had a mullet or some Oh yeah, it was the Change term. Your World album. Oh, I had gosh. that t-shirt that I wore. What was I thinking? I got it at a concert. Tell me about the last, the only other thing I'm going to ask you about is the movie A Week Away. And so, because yeah. now everybody is singing A Place in This World again. I'm like, welcome everybody. We've been singing this for 30 years. What's it like now that you're, some of these older songs, people have been with you for the last forever, but some of these older songs are getting, this particular song is getting a whole new life because of a Netflix flix movie about church camp. I know. <laughs> you know what? I think it's awesome. I it's mean, awesome. Uh, I'm really applaud those people who put that thing together. You know, that was, that was a dream that was eight years in the making of taking these older songs and yeah. sort of giving them sort of a, a you know, updating them and for, for this generation that we're yeah. living in. And the place in this world thing in the movie is, is a great moment, you know. Oh, it's and there's awesome. there's all these people who've never heard place in this world, this next generation of, of kids. Yeah. And 
So it's kind of fun. I mean, know? when I saw it in the trailer, I started singing along. I was like, place in this world. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It's, you know, Anna, you know, my daughter, Anna, who's talking about Waymaker, you know, she's, yeah. she's, she kind of keeps up with what's going on with the charts going, Dad, your, your song's blowing up around yeah. the world. I went, really? <laughs> really? Yeah, the Again? Net, yeah. So it's kind of. <laughs> kind of fun, and I love I love that song, and that song really, really is n- near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. The way it was written, and you know, kids writing me and they're suicidal, and just trying to. Remember one girl, I think it was really inspired by some girl just going. I've just had a horrific upbringing, and she says, "I'm just trying to find my place in this world." Yeah, and so I wrote that song for her, and not just for her, but. Everybody who's just trying to find their way. Yeah. So my prayer for all those people, maybe people listen that sort of can't, trying to figure it out, my prayer is that you just reconnect with why you're here because yeah. you're not here by mistake. Yeah. Well, I just have to uh, thank you again for the years of work you've done and the music you've made. It is just, there are so many of us that are so shaped by it. I mean, I wore your face on my shirt. You're, you're the only one. When I'm thinking about my life, I'm like, have I ever worn another person's face on my shirt? No, just you. Just you. Is there anything we didn't say about the book or didn't talk about that you want to make sure we no, cover? No, no. Thank you. I'm just I'm excited about it. And I love it. You know, it seems to be doing well. And I mm-hmm. I like just going back and reading the book because yeah. reading the stories about my dad, you know, and I miss him, you know, and but, but I think he's looking down and probably smiling. So It's a great book. It really is. Thank you. The last question we always ask, mm-hmm. because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Yep. Tell me what sounds fun to you. What sounds fun to me? Oh, my gosh. Uh, taking a hike in Radnor. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> swimming when it's 95 degrees mm-hmm. outside, you know. Mm-hmm. Being with my grandkids, spending yeah. four hours on the baseball field last yeah. night. You know, yeah. Watching my kids play the championship game. Did they win? They didn't. Oh, But it's okay. It was a great season. Yeah, that's right. Just doing life with the people that I love. Yeah. yeah. Great answer. Well, thank you very much for doing this today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all, isn't he awesome? My gracious. Isn't it the best when the people you love from a distance are just as amazing up close? I'm really thankful for that today. Hey, be sure to grab a copy of his new book that came out in May called The Way of the Father, Lessons from My Dad, Truths About God, and give him a follow. Tell him thanks for being on today's show. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. I'm Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same. And today, What sounds fun to me is a That Sounds Fun tour stop in Kansas City with Trey Kennedy. Oh my gosh, y'all. There are probably a couple of tickets left. If you're anywhere close, come and join us. It's going to be really, really fun. I love Trey Kennedy. I cannot wait. So you guys have a great week and we'll be out on the road. We'll see you out on tour. And then back here on Friday with our NES Summer 2021 Type 3s. See y'all Friday. Friday.